Protecting your profits on the dairy farm isn't always easy, but it's becoming increasingly more important to have a better understanding of milk markets. Welcome to the Protecting Your Profits podcast, a brief monthly update designed to give you the data, production trends, and national and statewide updates you need to manage your dairy's risk management strategy. I'm Zach Myers, Risk Education Manager at the Center for Dairy Excellence. Let's break down this month's numbers. Hi, Zach. I'm excited to kick off our very first Protecting Your Profits monthly podcast. For those of you who don't know me, I am Emily Barge, the Communications and Marketing Manager at the Center for Dairy Excellence, and I'm going to be helping Zach each month share the latest data and trends affecting the dairy industry. So with that, we'll jump right in. Um, Zach, can you start by describing the trends for September milk production and cow numbers for the United States and Pennsylvania? Sure. First, uh, thanks, Emily, for uh, for helping me with this project, and we're certainly excited for our our very first our very first podcast. So, for uh, uh, September milk production, uh, milk production across the U.S. was was surprisingly was up surprisingly um, uh, up 2.4 percent, and that's uh, just a little bit more than uh, 18 billion pounds across the nation. So. Uh, 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 very unexpected that milk was up as much as it was, uh, given our sort of our the way the economics have been this year. Pennsylvania uh, followed a similar trend. Uh, milk production across the Commonwealth was up 1.9 percent to uh, about 815 million pounds. Uh, cow numbers in uh, the United States uh, were up uh, only about a half a percent. But the the U.S. herd is about 9.366 million cows, um, up from, up again 0.4 percent from from last year. Pennsylvania cow numbers were an opposite trend; they were down about a half percent. So uh, the uh, Pennsylvania uh, herd size is 482,000 cows, and uh, this is down from uh, 485,000 uh, last last September, uh, but encouragingly, uh, September was the fourth month in a row that uh, Pennsylvania was able to manage that 482,000 number. So uh, even though uh, the uh, year-to-year trend doesn't look very good, we, uh, at least for now, are in a holding pattern uh, and not decreasing uh, anymore, at least over the last four months. September dairy cow slaughter uh, across the nation was down versus uh, last September to 249,900 head. Yeah, that does sound encouraging overall. So is there anything worth noting in the monthly USDA cold storage and dairy product reports that you think listeners would want to know? Yeah, sure. Um, of course, I usually talk about butter, cheese, and nonfat dry milk. Those are sort of the... Uh, uh, Main main products that uh, are are reported each month, and uh, butter uh, product stocks are are up 18% over last year. And this is probably because of uh, um, increase that part of that 2.4% increase in milk production. There's more cream uh, that's being being turned in, into butter. Um, on the flip side of that, cheese is actually down a little bit year over year. And then uh, the the nonfat dry milk, the powder milk numbers are lag about a month behind uh, butter and cheese. So August nonfat dry milk stocks were up about a half a percent versus last year. 
Okay. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for going over those. So, how do the current dairy product prices compare to global prices right now? Well, domestically, of course, as you know, uh, uh, Class Three has has done really well over the last uh, uh, several months, uh, despite the pandemic, and and uh, Class Four hasn't has not fared as well. So. Uh, uh, keeping with that, uh, uh, butter, which of course is a is a class four product, uh, that price at a dollar fifty five a pound in September is uh, um, down from two dollars and fifteen cents from last year, but it is lower than uh, the global dairy trade price, which is a dollar seventy seven, or the European Union price is a is a dollar eighty seven a pound. So. Uh, uh, some of these class four products are are certainly uh, cheaper than than the international price, and with that, uh, also non-fat dry milk, it's a dollar and seven cents a pound right now, which is actually the same as it was last year, last September, but with the global dairy trade at a dollar thirty-one um, and the EU at a dollar. Um, our domestic uh, powder price is, is either lower or, or comparable to uh, the international price. And then, of course, uh, as I mentioned before, Class 3 has, has increased a lot over the last uh, several months. So the CME block cheese price is $2.58 a pound right now versus $1.97 last year. And uh, compared to the global dairy trade price of $1.67 or the EU price of $1.59, uh, our domestic price is, is quite a bit higher than the international prices. So that uh, um, it sort of sums up what's going on, and it, it follows it follows what we're seeing with Class 3 and Class 4. Cheese price is up, Class 3 price is up, Class 4 is down, so butter and powder are down as well. Okay, so everything is kind of following suit. Um, well, what can you say? What does the latest dairy product disappearance indicate about the overall demand for dairy? Well, the overall demand for dairy, in general, is is still pretty pretty strong. Now, some some products are down and others are up. Butter, for instance, is disappearance is down nine point two percent over last year, but American cheese and other cheese, so American cheeses are like cheddar, um, mozzarella, stuff like that. Other cheeses are basically everything else. So uh, anything else that's not American style cheese is, is another uh, in the other cheese category. And both American cheese and other cheese prices, or excuse me, disappearances up. American cheeses are up 3.3% over last year. Another cheese uh, category is, is up uh, about a half a percent over last year. Nonfat dry milk and skim milk powder uh, disappearance is actually up. Uh, about 13% to, to 244 million pounds, actually. And this has been driven by a 34% increase in exports. While the domestic uh, disappearance was down 11%, the overall disappearance is, is, uh, is uh, up 13%, and that uh, is driven by that, those exports, which we'll, we'll talk more about later. Okay. So in terms of these product disappearances and overall trends in demand, what are those having on, what effects are those having on current milk price futures? Well, I think uh, uh, butter butter is uh, sort of dragging down the, the increase that we're seeing in, in powder. But uh, if you look at the futures market, um, uh, class four price does increase basically over the next year. 
it's down around $13.50 currently in October, but by uh, September of next year, um, that uh, increases to, to nearly 16.50. So I think we're seeing the uh, disappearance and the demand for powder and uh, starts and butter. I think is expected to go up, especially during the holiday season uh, coming up here this November. Uh, butter demand will increase, and I think we're seeing some of those effects in that class four market. And class three sort of hard to tell. Um, right now, there's a lot of class three product. The price is high. There's high demand for class three, mainly cheese, and uh, uh, so that's what's uh, that's what's triggering these higher prices we have in the close-up months. So uh, class three is up over twenty dollars for October, November, and, and December currently, and then drops way off starting in, in January to uh, end up around, uh, uh, well, in that mid-16 range um, by, by next September. So I think uh, we're seeing a lot of, lot of restaurants and everything open back up, um, and uh, restaurants are a big uh, user of cheese in, in their entrees, and so we're seeing uh, Restaurant sales increase, and, and I think that's driving some of the cheese demand, and uh, um, and so uh, we're seeing that reflected in in these close-up months, and then that demand is expected to drop off after the first of the year, and and we're we're seeing that in that class three futures. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few months, and that that brings me to a good a good point because in the midst of COVID nineteen, I know a lot of Things have been changing in terms of restaurants reopening and closing and vice versa. But I know in the midst of this pandemic, a lot of farmers are wondering about exports. So are exports still showing improvement compared to last year? Yes, exports have really been a shining star through uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, when when the pandemic first uh, started, um, everything you read about dairy exports is that uh, dairy exports were they were going to crash because uh, other countries were were having the same go through the same things that we were here in the states and and some of that uh, uh, some of the other states or some of the other countries excuse me were were uh, not as badly affected as we have been here in the U.S. and some of them started before we did so the cycle is a little bit different so exports really really uh have improved and actually uh august exports which is the uh, most recent data that's been published is is up um 17 over last august and this actually is the 12th month in a row so for a full year uh year over year exports has increased so that's uh, a great accomplishment especially considering the uh the uh, covid 19 pandemic and at 190 over 190,000 tons of dairy products exported in August that's a that's a record for the month of August and uh through the first uh uh 7 months of the year exports are up 16% over that same time period last year and uh so the and and that's volume so on the value side export values are up 11% year over year so uh August exports were estimated to be about $538 million um, for, uh, um, for August, and, and that's uh, uh, just a tremendous amount. We're on, actually on schedule to uh, 
export more than $6 billion worth of dairy products this month, month or this year, excuse me, which I think is only the fourth year that that has, in the history of our export market uh, that we've we've exported six billion pounds of dairy products, and uh, just like a volume, that value a uh, year to date is up fourteen percent uh, relative to January August of of uh, last month. So that's uh, exports again have just uh, uh, really been uh, a bright spot, and and some of that. Um, I mean, it's been unfortunate from a domestic side. Some of that was driven, these exports were driven by our low milk prices. So our our uh, um, dairy products, some of our dairy products got really cheap compared to uh, the international price, and that encouraged uh, more more buyers to, uh, uh, international buyers to, to uh, place orders for U.S. dairy products. And that uh, was coupled with uh, there for a temporary point in time where the value of the U.S. dollar was less compared to some of the international um, uh, currencies. So uh, cheap milk, U.S. milk products, dairy products, coupled with uh, uh, a good exchange rate compared to what sometimes it historically is made for uh, good conditions to, uh, to, um, for us to export dairy products. Wow, that really is a great accomplishment and a bright spot in the midst of so much chaos, you could say, coming from the pandemic. So what can you give us the latest on dairy margin coverage and dairy revenue protection? What are the biggest things farmers need to know right now about those programs? Well, the biggest thing that the farmers need to know about the dairy margin coverage right now is that uh, the enrollment period for 2021 is open. And, of course, that's not open forever. Um, the enrollment period closes December 11th. Of 2020, so after December 11th, if you had a, haven't made a decision for dairy margin coverage, uh, you're too late. And so uh, that, uh, um, so what what is dairy margin coverage looking like? It's uh, it's it's looking it's looking pretty good. We've got uh, some uh, margins that are, uh, are are looking good. Well, the the DMC decision tool that's that the USDA has on their web page has been updated. So previously, uh, if you're familiar with that tool, it's uh, you can Google DMC uh, dairy decision tool and it's the first thing that will come up and you can navigate to it. But if you're familiar with that, it, it uh, typically projects margins out for basically the next next year to 16 months. So uh, it gives you an, what the actual DMC margin projection is. They've updated that because, uh, as you know, just because of projection, what a projection is right now isn't necessarily what's going to happen uh, when when that month passes. So they updated that tool just to provide you a trigger a trigger price to reference what uh, um, milk floor that dairy margin coverage. If you enroll in dairy margin coverage, what milk floor you set for your for your milk for for 2021 or your production history. So at the uh, at uh, October 26, Monday, October 26, closing price is the projected uh, um, trigger price uh, for for um, the next 12 months was $18.98. So that's a uh, that's a, a trigger price of representing a U.S. all milk price because that margin is. The dairy margin coverage margin is the U.S. all milk price minus the corn price, uh, 
plus the uh, uh, soybean meal price plus the um, uh, a blended alfalfa hay price. So that uh, margin is supposed to be the trigger price for the U.S. all milk price is 18.98. So that means that if prices next year drop below, or if the U.S. all milk price drops below $18.98, that you'll that will trigger a payment. But sometimes it's it's not always helpful to look at the U.S. all milk price. That's because that's sort of hard to uh, to know. So uh, to convert that to a Class Three price, I I took the average uh, closing Class Three price and and figured out what the basis between Class Three and the U.S. all milk price was. And since uh, well, the last uh, two and a half years, that difference has been a dollar and twenty-four cents. So if you subtract a dollar and twenty-four cents from eighteen ninety-eight, you get seventeen seventy-four. So your reference price for next year, on average, is seventeen dollars and seventy-four cents. So that's not a bad Class Three floor, floor price to set for next year. And at that nine fifty highest margin coverage, that's that's fifteen cents a hundredweight. So again, it's it's uh, this is a really good program, and and really think you need to consider signing up. Uh, whatever per, your production history is, sign up 95% of that at that 950 level for for uh, 15 cents a hundredweight. And moving on to deer revenue protection, of course, volatility uh, drives the um, premium cost for dairy revenue protection, and of course. It follows the class three and class four markets. So right volatility we're having during revenue protection is, is more expensive than it was prior to the pandemic and when all this this volatility started. So right now, first quarter 2021, the first quarter 2022 policies are supposed to be available, but currently due to market conditions, only first quarter to 2021 to fourth quarter is available. That fifth quarter out, uh, there's just not enough trading going on that far out right now with the volatility to make any reference base prices or, or premium prices for this product. So, but uh, as of uh, a Monday's closing prices, a first quarter 2021 protected price at a 95%, and this is a 50% class three, 50% class four example, um, is you can protect a, a price of a low of fifteen dollars and nine cents uh, for uh, uh, in the second quarter, uh, up to a high of fifteen dollars and seventy-six cents in the fourth quarter of 2021, and uh, those prices um, go from the first quarter price, which is fifteen dollars and eleven cents protected price, from uh, about twenty-five cents a hundredweight up to 33 cents a hundredweight for the fourth quarter of 2021. So it's premiums are sort of high, but uh, depending on what your cost of production, that uh, those further out quarters of third and fourth quarter with a 15.62, 15.76 floor price might be worth considering if you if it protects your uh, cost of production, uh, even though it's uh, it's 30 cents a hundredweight or, or 33 cents a hundredweight, depending on the quarter. So uh, it just depends on your cost of production and, and what you're willing to spend as to whether or not you want to consider that. Great. Thank you. That that should help a lot of um, farmers and consultants, I, I think. So I guess to end, you kind of touched on it a little bit already, but are there any important dates that we should know about with regards to DMC or even round two of the coronavirus food assistance program 
I know the enrollment period's open right now for both of those. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. The the as I mentioned uh, uh, in the explanation of DNC, that enrollment period ends uh, December 11th, which happens to be the same end date for the coronavirus food assistance program round two. So if you'll remember that the CFAP two payment is a dollar twenty cent payment a hundred weight on your April to um, August milk production, and then it's a dollar twenty plus a dollar twenty a hundred weight on your uh, September through um, um, December projected milk price. So if you haven't taken a look at uh, DMC for 2021 or that CFAP2 payment uh, that's available right now. And that payment, uh, as soon as your application is received and approved, that money goes out. And there's not a, it, that's not a first come, first serve. If you uh, put your application in by December the 11th for CFAP2, then, then you'll get your payment. So that uh, you don't have to be in a rush, but uh, in order to receive those funds, that direct payment, you do have to apply before December 11th. And, Application for CFAP2 or DMC is at your local farm service agency, and they do have uh, options where you can apply online, or um, if you don't have internet access, you can uh, call your FSA office, and and they can uh, send you an application or help you, or actually fill it out for you and submit it on your behalf. So uh, there are several options there. And as far as dates for revenue protection, right now. Um, the first quarter 2021 um, policies are available until uh, December the 15th of 2020. And then after December the 15th, that uh, first quarter 2021 goes away and, and the five quarter period is second quarter 2021, second quarter 2022. So those are uh, uh, sort of the uh, main dates right now, Emily, that I can think of. Okay, thanks. Thanks for explaining those. Um, well, I think for this month, that was a great overview of what's been happening across the industry and ways farms can manage their risk during this time. So I really hope some of the people listening will take advantage of some of the risk management programs you discussed and reach out to you if they have any other questions about them. So thanks for kicking off our first podcast in the Protecting Your Profits series. Um, if you're listening and if there's anything we can do to make these better or easier to listen to on your end, we'd love your feedback. So feel free to email Zach or myself or even text your feedback to 717-585-0766. We always love hearing from you and we're looking forward to talking again next month. So Zach, thanks again and have a great day. All right, thank you, Emily. And thank you everyone for listening to the podcast.